0: So when it comes to due diligence, before it used to be a data collection exercise where you get transparency into your supply chain. But now it's all about you know, what can you do with that information? After you collect data, what can you do with that information?
1: This is Tom Fox. Welcome to a special podcast series, Supply Chain and ESG, What You Need to Know. Over this podcast series, we're going to take a look at ESG Drivers, the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act Supply Chains and ESG, the New World of Product Compliance and ESG, Scope 3 Emissions Reporting Strategy, and Responsible Minerals Supply Chain and ESG. This special podcast series is sponsored by Ascent. But first, a quick word about Ascent. Did you know that for most sectors, the majority of an organization's ESG risks come from their supply chain? It's no secret that your supply chains are complex, but capturing your ESG data from them should not be. Ascent is the leading provider of ESG and product compliance solutions, combining software and expertise all in one place to help you see deeper into your supply chain and uncover hidden risks that affect your sustainability score. Check out Ascent.com for free ESG resources and to learn how Ascent can help you jumpstart your supply chain sustainability program. In this episode five... We take a look at Responsible Minerals, Supply Chain, and ESG. In this episode, I am joined by Jared Connors, ESG and Responsible Sourcing at Ascent, and Daniel Zamora. Daniel is the industry's only known smelter, library library manager, and applies his specialized knowledge in ESG. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for our fifth and final episode. Today, we're going to take up the topic of understanding risk to your responsible mineral program. I am joined by Jared Connors and Daniel Zamora. Gentlemen, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today.
0: Thank you, Tom. Always a pleasure. Could we start with uh, you telling
1: us uh, your current roles, and Daniel, can I start with you?
0: Of course. I am Daniel Zamora, of course, part of the regulatory team here at Ascent. And my main area of expertise is responsible sourcing and ESG. So anything to do with due diligence, smelters, responsible minerals, conflict minerals, responsible sourcing. Jared, what's your current role? I sit alongside my colleague here, Daniel, as a part of the ESG and responsible sourcing team. And I'll tell you, Tom, Daniel's being very humble here in his introduction because there's no better person out there who has his finger on the pulse of the metals industry than Mr. Daniel Zamora here. In fact, Daniel spoke earlier this year at the International Tin Association Conference about responsible sourcing and ESG. So sorry if I'm calling you out there, Daniel, but something you should be definitely very proud of because people look to you as (laughs) your expertise in this industry. Well, Daniel,
1: that's a great segue because I wanted to begin with yourself, which is how have market expectations evolved or changed regarding due diligence in the responsible sourcing field?
0: Yeah. Well, Conflict Minerals has been around for 10 years or so. We have learned a lot in those years, but as of recently, as, you know, there's been a shift of mindset of companies, of stakeholders, that there needs to be more engagement at all levels within the supply chain. So when it comes to due diligence, before it used to be a data collection exercise where you get transparency into your supply chain. But now it's all about, you know, what can you do with that information? After you collect data, what can you do with that information? Now what you see expectation of stakeholders is performing risk management due diligence activities within your supply chain. Identify those areas of risks that are now going beyond regulatory requirements, beyond Doc Frank beyond EU conflict minerals. Now you're seeing, you know, risk management activities related to identifying sanctions within your supply chain. Upcoming regulations, like the EUFLPA regulation. Now these things, along with ESG factors, are coming into play for responsible sourcing. And I think that's where you see the evolution over the past 10 years as a data collection exercise. Now it's more about going beyond and expanding beyond the scope of Doug Frank.
1: How can a company move from simply a reactive program to actually a more of a proactive program? And is that something you're having ongoing discussions with your clients and customers on today?
0: Yeah, 100%. Actually, to let you know, last year or the past year, so over the summer, it used to be very quiet time for conflict minerals, right? Anyone in the business knows this. They know this, right? It used to be vacation time. You don't talk about conflict minerals until the fall. But what I've seen lately, especially this year, is the questions never stop. <laughs> conflict minerals ended in May. We kept getting questions. We kept getting, engaging with stakeholders. The conversation just kept going and going and going. Obviously, it keeps gaining force now as the new season is about to start. But I think that's what is changing now.
1: So what are some of the steps that you would advocate that a company engage in to really move from the reactive to the proactive?
0: The first step is obviously you need to collect data efficiently, number one. And after that, when you, once you do that efficiently, it would allow you to have the resources in place or the time to actually focus at how can you perform risk management for, within your supply chain. And number one, you need to know who's in your supply chain your suppliers, their information. And number two, you need to have a specific program in place that would allow you to see and identify the risks of smelters. Because as you know, smelters are very important stakeholders for supply chain and responsible sourcing. Because they have that, that ability to see, you know, where minerals are coming from and where the minerals are going afterwards. So if you have a program in place that allows you to identify risks, the smelter level, right? That's going to allow you to see proactively into other risks within your supply chain. So let's say if a smelter has risk attached to a sanction, that also obviously plays uphill to your supply chain. So it's, it's being able to identify those risks ahead of time, having risk assessment for smelters, and having the ability to kind of scour the internet or scour you know, sources, verifiable sources out there that will allow you to say, hey smelter is a bad actor. If you have that ability to do it proactively on a regular basis, you're going to be covered in, in, in the sense of being proactive instead of reactive.
1: So let me change the focus just a little bit to regulations and sanctions. And my sense is that certainly during the Trump administration, regulations changed, sometimes quite dramatically. But now we've had the overlay of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and we've had sanctions come into force. Much more robustly than perhaps we did even under the prior administration. But I wanted to maybe lump those two together. And what do you see around the evolution of both regulation and sanctions in responsible sourcing?
0: Well, obviously, with the Biden administration, there's a big focus on critical minerals. And even though that is not specifically tied to Doug Frank, it is putting a lot of emphasis on stakeholders in the industry to look at minerals in general, even beyond. 3TGs, which are regulated by Frank, And at the same time, where you talk about sanctions, again, Frank itself is not directly tied to sanctions. However, it's something that you cannot ignore nowadays. If you have an entity in your supply chain that is tied to a sanction, that's going to put your company at risk, no matter if that linkage is is indirect linkage to a sanction, is a direct linkage to a sanction. So, it's very important nowadays to be able to have the ability to check those details very specifically in terms of verifiable ownership to make sure that as a company, if you are tied to a sanctioned entity or person.
1: You mentioned actually several times Dodd Frank and many of the original discussions Jared and I had many years ago regarding the regulatory aspect of Dodd Frank and compliance with Dodd Frank. It seems to me that conversation has evolved significantly particularly around ESG. And so I wanted to ask maybe a two-part question for both of you all. How has the discussion around responsible minerals and responsible sourcing changed with ESG? And also, have the stakeholders engaged in that discussion increased? So at one point, I can remember Jared and I talking about the shareholders and our corporations obligations to their shareholders. But now we have a wider variety of stakeholders that could include customers, it could include employees, it could include third parties, it could include the locales where a company does business or operates. And of course, it would include shareholders and perhaps there are others. But I was wondering, how have those discussions changed and how has ESG made all of the concept you've talked about so far, Daniel, even more important today?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So the conversations have definitely changed. When you talk about stakeholders for responsible minerals, it used to be shellholders. They're ones you kind know, of getting a lot of push with, hey, let's do this in the future, let's change this. But what you see now it's even metal associations, right, within the metals market making big changes into ESG requirements, right? So it is now at you know multiple levels within the supply chain, right? It's no longer it's just the downstream companies and the shareholders, right? Now you see expectations at the mid-tier suppliers going through it from their own supply chain from their own side. You see it at the metal, obviously the smelters and the upstream level, at the, like the metal associations. like I said before. Now, all these companies are getting engaging conversations into ESG, man, ESG requirements, right? In terms of due diligence and risk management. So I think that's where the conversation used to be, hey, okay, my shareholders told me to now I need to take action on these items in the future. But now the conversations are coming in from multiple ways within the supply.
1: How do you utilize an ESG framework to really help you proactively protect the company? Not simply from regulatory violation or, or even a sanctions violation, but we've all seen How social media can literally explode on a company. And if something is mentioned that this mine employs child labor, or this mine might be shipping minerals to a country such as Russia that's currently under sanctions, how can this sort of robust proactiveness that you're talking about help a company, even in the public sphere around social media, beyond just regulatory and sanctions?
0: Once a company takes that approach right to be very proactive get all this information you know as soon as it's out there it allows the company to make better decisions in terms of risk management so if a company can see these risks ahead of time or even as they happen you know within a couple of days it gives them a lot of time it gives them a lot of power to take corrective actions according to those risks it could be communicating those risks within their supply chain it could be passing that information along to their legal teams for them to make a decision, for them to make some sort of statement. So I think once you have that ability to see these risks live as if they come in, being proactive about it instead of being reactive and waiting for those risks to show up somewhere else in your supply chain, a company will have a lot of power, a lot of, you know, ability to have corrective action in order to mitigate those risks. So if they see they have ties to an entity who could be involved in forced labor at the mind level. Maybe there's steps that they can take. Obviously, number one, informing their supply chain about the risk. And number two, perhaps they can take further steps themselves to engage in a solution to make life better.
1: That was a very interesting response, Daniel, because you used a phrase and I'm gonna have to quote it because it was so great. Make better decisions. I've talked to a lot of people about ESG, responsible minerals, responsible sourcing, but you're the only person that said make better decisions. And you didn't just talk about it in an operational context, a legal context, a sales context, an HR context, or any other context. You talked about it with a holistic approach. All of those contexts. Do you really see that the information you can gather by being proactive can be utilized by a business in a variety of ways? And it gives Whoever the decision maker, the ultimate decision maker might be, information to make a holistic decision based on a variety of factors, but getting down to just basically, quote, make better decisions, end quote.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, a company being taking that approach will definitely be in that position, in that place to make <laughs> better decisions, going back to the quote. But I think it's all about preparing companies nowadays for what's coming up in the future. Like I said before, We've been in the business for over 10 years. Doc Frank came over 10 years, right? We know what companies can do in terms of due diligence. And and now we know what more, we can do so much more than what we have done over the past 10 years. And I think that's where the holistic approach comes in us. And now that you know how to gather information, now that you know how to perform due diligence, what is the next step for responsible sourcing, right? And, And it's all about making the right decisions that, not only affects your bottom line as a company, but also affects every single stakeholder.
1: Gentlemen, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on yourselves or certainly the topics we discussed, what would be the best place for them to go?
0: For that, obviously, they could reach out at at Ascend.com or company they can contact us there. And you can also feel free to reach out to me directly through LinkedIn. I'll be more than happy to, to engage in conversations regarding responsible sourcing, ESG, it is my passion. <laughs> so,
1: Well, gentlemen, I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me, and I look forward to continuing this conversation.
0: Thank you. It was my pleasure.